85%. That's the proportion of Starbucks shops set to reopen this week in the US as states loosen restrictions. The global coffee chain was also one of the first to reopen all of its shops in China several weeks ago. What makes the reopenings possible is that Starbucks has been successful at having its customers do everything on their mobile device. No need to touch a menu, no need to touch a point of sale to pay, it's all on the mobile phone. Is this a sign of things to come? In this edition of FinTech Friday, will mobile shopping rule the world of commerce? I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco on May 8th, and this is FinTech Friday, brought to you by Cardlinks. It's great to be with you. On the show today, we discuss how mobile shopping is set to become the rule rather than the exception in the U.S. and around the world. Our guest is an expert in mobile commerce. Erin Warren is the general manager of Rakuten's in-store business, and she's also president of the U.S. Lose Association and a two-time Olympian. She's normally quite a globetrotter, so she's going to share her insights on what is happening in the U.S. as well as around the world in mobile commerce. Now, let me acknowledge that I know that some of our listeners might be a bit skeptical about the theme for today's show. I get it. I get it. After all, industry experts have been forecasting for a very long time that we would move all of our shopping and payments to mobile phones. Well, it's been over a decade and we've been hearing about the predictions of the death of cash and credit cards. But somehow, other than in China, it never really happened. We all just kept using our credit cards in cash. So are we crying wolf again? Probably not. Something feels different this time around. In part because of the fundamental changes brought about by COVID-19, for example, the need to avoid touching paper menus, the need to avoid touching points of sale, Mobile commerce seems set to take off with a renewed vigor. One of the companies that's leading the charge is Rakuten. You may know the company from its ubiquitous sports sponsorships of the NBA's Golden State Warriors and also the world-famous Barcelona Football Club. But what you may not know is that Rakuten is the largest e-commerce company in Japan. It's one of the leading mobile wallet providers, loyalty providers, and credit card issuers in that market. It's also a leading affiliate buying network, card-linked offer company, and messaging platform in North America and Europe. Erin Warren leads Rakuten's in-store business based in the U.S. She's an amazing person. Get this, for fun, she enjoys getting on a small sled, hurtling down feet-first an icy mountain track, at speeds that could reach over 80 miles per hour. She's a two-time U.S. Olympian in luge and president of the U.S. Luge Association. Hi, Erin. Good morning. Good morning, Silvio. It's great to speak with you. Um, I think you're in Lexington, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. Is that right? Yep, that's right. How are things going there with COVID-19? I know the Massachusetts area has been uh, particularly hard hit. Yeah, you know, it's really been, it, it's been, I, I think, a struggle uh, for our state. 
So everyone's, you know, doing their part and families are really focused on on staying safe and working together uh, as safely as possible to get through this. So you're the executive leading the um, Racket 10 in-store business, uh, but you've got an amazing background. You're a two-time Olympian and president of the U.S. Lose Association. As a result, you're talking to people from all over the world. What are what are some of the insights that you're hearing from your colleagues in uh, Luge and the U.S. Olympic Committee about what's happening in other parts of the world? I would say first, from a luge perspective, we've been quite lucky. A lot of the winter sports were able to get pretty far uh, into completing their season. We were at the end of our season. So really all we had to do was um, was shut down a few races at the end of the year. I will say since that time, my colleagues on the summer sports have really struggled. And it's been a very difficult time for them as they look to the Tokyo Games being pushed out a year, which has really dramatic and challenging impacts to their business, right? So not being able to have your Olympic trials, not being able to do all of your spring programming, all of those uh, youth programs that happen all across America. All of those programs have dissolved as people have had to shelter in place. And with that, all of the the revenue base that supports those Olympic sports in every town across America has basically dried up. Yeah, it's it's really startling to see the the scale of impact of COVID nineteen. Yes, we we see the the devastation and changes occurring in the U S., but it's really global. I want to ask you about another global phenomenon, and that's mobile. Mobile phones, mobile shopping seems to be taking over shopping all over the U S. and really right around the world. And it seems like this trend is actually accelerated rather than decelerated during COVID-19. Do you see that in your business at Rakuten? Yeah, I mean, you know, absolutely. So while I am the, the general manager of the in-store network, really what we've seen is during this time, everything has really uh, shifted to mobile, right? Because people can't get out. They can't do those local uh, trips to the store or to retailers. And then think about this, Silvio. I mean, think about we've all learned this new phrases as a result of COVID-19, right? So we've all learned about social distancing, a new phrase, right? And we've also learned about contactless payments. My kids are using the phrase contactless payments. And so, you know, when it reaches mainstream, right, we're all thinking about how can I transact in a very literal way without contacting a person. And the way you do that is really by by mobile and using mobile payments. And I really see culturally, we are all moving to that, making this transition so fast. Yeah. Now this week we're seeing a number of large U.S. merchants reopening. So Starbucks is gonna be reopening about 85% of their stores this week. Many bricks and mortar retailers um, in the clothing space are starting to reopen like Macy's. Are they going to basically shift a lot of their shopping experience, even if it's in store to mobile? I mean, Starbucks has already started to do that. I think something like 30 percent of their orders now come through mobile. Do you see um, even more traditional merchants doing that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think it's going to be more about the mobile device is the way that I interact with the store. Whether you ship it to me, whether I pick it up curbside, or whether I actually go into the store, I think what we're going to see is that the key link to all of that is the mobile phone, right? And it makes sense, right? The mobile device, it's more personal. You know where I am. You know that I can pay you through my phone so we don't have to have any exchange of anything you know, physical as I interact with your, with your store. 
And, and even think about this, we start to know what stores are actually open. So to your point, Silvio, Starbucks is going to be opening. Which ones? How will I know which ones are going to be open? And I think that, that we're going to be in this period for quite some time as stores open in some states, open in some counties, and not in others. Right, absolutely. And actually, keeping in that trend, uh, the Cardlinks Association just launched a new uh, commerce activity tracker where you can track the openings and reopenings in the top 20 countries in the world. But continuing on that theme, you know, we're seeing some merchants reopen, but we're also seeing bankruptcies for some companies um, from merchants who are in trouble. One of those this week is J. Crew uh, that announced they're filing for bankruptcy protection. We're probably going to see some more there. Do you think that there is a link between a merchant going under and the failure to build a compelling mobile value proposition? It's a great question. You know, I, I will say that while bankruptcies will likely accelerate dramatically as we go through this COVID-19 uh, process or as a result of COVID-19, I think we've known for a while that retailers have been really struggling. We've had a lot of them that have been, I would say, teetering on the edge for some time. And I think this is the experience that will drive them into, into bankruptcy. I mean, you know, I, I'm an optimist by nature. Um, so part of me thinks, hey, maybe merging from bankruptcy gives them some kind of freedom to really think differently differently in this new environment. And maybe they can use that opportunity to think differently ab about their business. And, and one thing would be, how do you reorient around this mobile value prop? And I think that's a great way to think about it. From a consumer's perspective, how do you really meet their needs? Because consumers are going to need more information than they have ever before to know how to transact with you and to know what's going to be safe. How can I do it? Where can I get it? And how is this whole thing going to work? Yeah. Now, you've done a great job of articulating how mobile is so central to us navigating through this crisis of COVID-19. We use our mobile devices to find stores that are open. We use our mobile devices to pay in a clean way when we're in a physical store. But it's pretty clear that we're going to be going to a new normal, right? You know, 6, 12, 24 months from now, hopefully we'll be through this COVID-19. But things will have changed substantially and maybe even permanently. Do you have a sense of how mobile wallets and mobile offers, how will they play a role in this new normal after COVID-19? Yeah, I mean, I think where we're going is it's just going to become the ubiquitous way in which we process payments, right? I was thinking about this the other day. I was going to buy something at a curbside pickup at a store, and it was interesting because the thought of having cash, not that I was a big heavy cash user before, but it really had a very different response. As I was thinking about it, I thought, oh, God, that feels like that feels dirty. It feels unsafe. And so I do think that when you really start to touch people's central core of what makes them feel safe and how they can protect their family, I think people are going to start thinking about mobile wallets in that way. We're going beyond convenience and into this is the way that I protect myself and my family. And I think when you get to that kind of core belief and you touch people in that way, that's what drives permanent changes in the way somebody behaves. Now, you know, I'm conscious of the fact that you are a loser. And so, you know, you hurtle down a really icy slope at, at very high speeds. So you have kind of a comfortable level with risk. And as you think about merchants and what they face over the next six to 12 months, what's the biggest risk that you see for merchants in the new environment in which we're operating? 
So first of all, I would say I take calculated risks. Right. I'm not crazy. I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm healthy. <laughs> um, so I would say the biggest risk to me that I see is the risk of not changing and not evolving and not taking this opportunity or thinking about this as an opportunity that's a moment in time. I actually think it's so core to who we are and we are going to have to change our behavior so dramatically that I think companies really need to take a step back and figure out how am I going to respond in this new normal and, and what would that look like? And how can I better help my customers, whether that's merchants or consumers, how can I better help them respond to this new normal? Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, so just a personal question, do you actually get on that luge once in a while and take a, a ride down the track? So I do try and race once a year, not always successful in making that happen, but I love it. And I think of it as a great challenge. I'm always a little nervous the first run, but once I go down, it's like riding a bike. I'm back on and, and having a blast. I wish you uh, great success in the next competition, but thank you for taking the time to share your insights with us, Erin. I, I wish you and your family all the greatest health, and hopefully we'll be back to a new normal pretty soon. Thank you so much, Silvio. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Aaron. That's Aaron Warren, uh, General Manager of the Rakuten in-store business and President of the U.S. Lose Association, as well as a two-time Olympian. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on mobile commerce. Fortune favors the bold. It's an ancient Roman proverb. It's also one of my favorite sayings. At this time, when risk seems to surround every business, it may seem foolish to be overly confident or overly bold about launching new products or new ways of doing things like mobile commerce. But what's often overlooked by business executives is the significant risk of not doing anything when the market has changed significantly. In fact, being bold is precisely the right strategy for most businesses right now because business has changed so much. One thing we are sure of is that the world has fundamentally changed. As we covered in today's show, mobile will rule the world of commerce. That's not really up for debate anymore. The only question is, how quickly will it happen? Merchants, ad tech companies, fintech companies, and payment companies that embrace this new mobile reality will win. Those that don't will not. For FinTech Friday from the Cardlinks Association, talk to you next week. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off.